Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. done. 
Now we know that God created male and female in his image after his likeness, meaning that they had his characteristics, they had his spirit. God gave us his spirit so he could communicate with us. And then God formed man from the dust of the ground. We know that's in Genesis 2, how he formed man from the, from the dust of the ground. And then he breathed the breath of life into man. And then man became a living soul. That spirit of God, the very same spirit of God that he created male and female with, he needed a body to put life into. And we know that life comes from God and the breath of God is what gives the life of God. So we see that that life was put into man and he became a living soul. And then we look at how God placed the man in the garden. And then we go on to look at how God gave the man a command. He told that man from every tree in the garden, you are freely, you can eat freely from. But the tree from that's of knowledge of good and evil, you cannot eat from that tree. He said, if you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. Now this death that God was talking about, it was a spiritual death. It was not a physical death. So as we go on, we see how God took the rib from Adam because he didn't want man to be alone. That was not God's intention in the beginning for a man to be alone. So God took the rib from Adam and he created a woman and here's Eve. So he recognized that Eve was flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. So he recognized her as being his wife and we know that they were one. So as we go further into this in Genesis 3, I'm just um, bringing everybody up to speed with where I'm going. So we look at Genesis 3 and how um, the serpent, uh, Satan used the serpent. Now Satan used what God created. This is what we got to understand. Just because you are born again, that does not mean that Satan will not come and try to tempt you and try to get you to do something outside of the will of God. Remember, everything in that garden that God created was good. So Eve knew that God's creation was good. That's all she knew was good. So when that serpent began to put Eve focus on what God told her not to do, and remember, this is what Satan does. He takes our um, way of seeing things outside of the way God wants them to be. So what he did, he asked her, he said, have God really said? See, he was trying to put doubt in Eve, and that's what he does for us. He tried to bring doubt. He tried to make us feel as if God did not say what he said. So eventually we know that Eve ate from that tree because Eve began to look at something that she never paid attention to. She began to look at it. She began to lust after it. She began to desire it. This is why we see the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and pride of life. The devil made her feel as if she didn't have enough, that she needed more. How many of us on this day, on Christmas, which, you know, this um, Christmas is about Christ. It's not about receiving gifts from people. It's, it's not about that. It is a season of giving, but we want to make sure we're giving from the heart. We want to make sure that we're not just out um, being, my name is Jimmy, Jimmy. You know, we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that we recognize today 
for what it truly is. Every day we should recognize Jesus for who he is. So we see that Eve ate from that tree. When she ate from that tree, she gave some to her husband. And then we see that sin came into the world because they were disobedient unto God. So God had to deal with this sin. And remember now, God told the serpent what was going to happen, being that um, this happened, um, he was disobedient. Also, that serpent that God created, he told him what was going to happen. So he said that, let's go there to Genesis um, chapter 3, because I do not want to misquote Genesis chapter 3. Go look at chapter 3 when he was talking to the serpent, and he told him in verse 15, and I will put intimacy between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. What was God talking about? He said, I will put hostility, I will put hatred between your seed. This is dealing with ungodly seed, and this is dealing with the righteous seed. So the woman would have a righteous seed, but remember now, when we look in the word of God, we even look at Cain and Abel. When you look at Cain and Abel and how Cain killed his brother. So through Cain, there was some ungodly seed. There was some ungodly people. And we know through Adam, not through Adam, but through Abel, you know, there was going to be some godly seeds. But we know he killed Abel, but then here comes Seth. So this is what he's talking about. Through the generations, you would have an ungodly generation, and then you would have a godly generation. And we know through that godly generation came Jesus. So let's go back and look at, um, I want to go back a little bit further in Genesis, because I skipped over something that I know that God wants me to bring to your attention. When we look at that tree, and I have taught on this several times, but I want to bring it back um, to your remembrance so you will understand what God is saying here. Through that tree, there were uh, trees in that garden, but God gave them a choice. God told them the tree that they could eat from, and he told them the tree that they could not eat from. So God always gives us a choice. People always try to choose for other people, but you cannot choose for other people. You have to give them the right to life, and you have to give them the right to death. They have to choose. You cannot make them take neither one. When you look in the Bible in Deuteronomy chapter 13, um, 30, it tells you, God says that he has put before you life and death. He has put before you blessings and curses. But then God goes on to say, choose life. See, this is what God wants our choice to be, is life. Then when you look at the book of Joshua, and Joshua 24, when Joshua was talking to the people, Joshua told the people the same thing. He said, you can either serve um, the gods that your father served, or you can serve, you know, the Amorites. He said, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But he said, choose you this day. And see, we have to understand that in order for people to choose, they got to hear the good news. They have to hear the gospel. They have to hear about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then they have a choice to choose between life and between death. You cannot make them choose. I want to 
say that again. Everyone has a right to choose. You cannot make um, that right for them. God gave us a free will. I mean, it started out in the beginning, this free will that God has given us. And I wanted to emphasize that because sometimes I think we try to make people do like we want them to do. You cannot make people do anything outside of what they want to do. So let's talk about um, this fulfillment that happened dealing with the sin of Adam. So God had to deal with this sin because sin separated us from God. And by sin separating us from God, we could not have fellowship with God. So let's see how God dealt with this sin. The way he dealt with this sin that separated us from him, I'm going back to Isaiah 7, 14. He said, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now remember, this was spoken. This was spoken, but it had to be fulfilled. See, when God speaks a word, it's a spoken word. And that word that God speaks will be fulfilled. Why? Because when we look back in the word of God, I like when Solomon was um, speaking unto the people. And this is 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 15. And this is what Solomon said. He said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who spoke with his mouth to my father David, and with his hand hath fulfilled it. So even Solomon knew that when God spoke something, that God was going to fulfill what he has spoken. Let me say it again. When God speaks something to you, you can be assured that God is going to fulfill what he has spoken. It doesn't matter what it looked like. It doesn't matter what the enemy is saying. It doesn't matter if he's using people to come against what God has spoken to you. It will be fulfilled. Because the word of God again says in Numbers 23, 19, in which we know Miracle Temple, I can hear Brother Willie even um, saying the scripture before I even say it. God is not man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he shall repent. That means God's not going to change his mind. Have he said it, and shall he not do it? Have he spoken it, and shall he not make it good? Did you hear the word of the Lord? God is not man. I believe our problem is, at times, we trust more in man than we trust in God. God said, put no trust in man. He said, God is not man. And we have to remember that. God is not man. God is not man. Repeat after me. God is is not man that he should lie. God is not a liar. God is a God of truth. So he said, I'm not man that I should lie, neither the son of man that I shall repent. Have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? Shall I not make it good? And then another scripture we're familiar with, Isaiah 55, 11, which says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. He said, it shall not return to me, boy. It shall not return to me empty, 
But he said, it shall go out and accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. So we have three witnesses here to let you know today to be of a good courage because God is going to fulfill his word. I don't care if he spoke that word to you over 20 years ago. God is not man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Come on now. He is God. He is the creator. He is the maker of all things. He is God. He is El El Yon. He is the most high God. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is a healer. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is a banner. God is who he said he is. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. God is who he said that he is. So God is going to fulfill what God has spoken. Amen. God is going to fulfill. If you're sitting in your home with someone, look at them and say, God is going to fulfill what he has spoken. Come on, tell them again. God is going to fulfill what he has spoken. He is a promise keeping God. All of his promises is yes and is amen in Christ. Come on now. So God is going to fulfill what he has spoken. He is not going to change his mind because the word of God says he is the same today, yesterday, and forever. God changed not. Amen. So God is going to fulfill his word. So God spoke that word throughout the Old Testament. When we get into Matthew one twenty three, listen at what the word of God is saying. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. Now this is what he's talking to Joseph. And bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So we see that God spoke that to Joseph, and we understand why God had to speak that to Joseph, because we know that Joseph and Mary were betrothed. And I'm going to go there in Luke 1, um, 26. I'm going to go here to Luke 1, 26 to Luke, uh, through verse 28. And I want you to look at how this word is going to be fulfilled. But I want to get back to Joseph after we go through this. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Now look at this. Now remember, the word of God said that when he spoke it to Isaiah, he said that there will be a virgin. Now let's talk about a virgin. A virgin can be a, a male or female. That's a woman who has not been with a man and a man that has not been with a woman. Now, this is the way that God wanted it to be in the beginning. He did not want neither male or female to come together with a sexual relationship until they were married. And I guess some of y'all are saying, how is that possible? With God, come on, with God, all things are possible. Because the first one that you're supposed to be intimate with is God. And the more you intimate with him, 
You're not going to get intimate with anyone else before you get married. Hallelujah. Come on. I know I have some out there right now that's saying, oh, no, you know, he loves me or she loves me. And it's okay. You know, God still love us. I'm born again. And he really loves me. Come on. Quit pulling out a grace card outside of what God intended for it to be. Quit letting people tell you it's okay to have sex outside of marriage. That's not how God intended for it to be. Remember, God said it was a virgin that was betrothed. This is what was happening. Joseph and Mary were engaged. So if you're engaged to someone, that means that's the one that you are intending to spend your whole life with. And just because you are engaged don't mean that you get in between the sheets. Let me say that again. Just because you are engaged, that does not mean that you get in between the sheets. So it says that this virgin was betrothed. She was engaged to Joseph, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Look how God chose Mary. Just like all of us were a chosen generation, just like God has accepted us in the beloved, we're highly favored as well, just like Mary. He accepted us in the beloved. So we see that he um, brought uh, the word to Mary. He spoke the word to Mary. And then in Luke 29, it says, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, this is what the angel is telling Mary. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. So the angel had to let Mary know that she will become pregnant in her womb with a son and his name shall be called Jesus. Come on, Mary would be carrying God himself. Can you imagine? Mary would be carrying God himself. But look at what happened afterwards. He was telling her the destiny concerning Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. But then after Mary heard all of this, this is what Mary said. How can this be since I do not know a man? Mary knew she was a virgin. She knew that she had not slept with a man. So the angel, he began to say, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who, who will be born will be called the Son of God. So this was going to be um, Mary conceiving, becoming pregnant by the power of God. The Holy Spirit, it says the power of the highest will overshadow you. So she will become pregnant by God. Let's back up. Remember I, I was saying that um, how can a man and a woman continue to be a virgin until marriage? Because when you become intimate with God, 
when you accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, guess what you're doing? You are conceiving your father in your womb, just like Mary did. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, guess what? We're inviting the Lord to come in. We're inviting him to come into this temple. Now that we have accepted Jesus, just like she conceived Jesus in her womb, when we say I do to Jesus, accepting him as Lord and Savior, we are conceiving him in our womb, in our spirit. God is just so good. So Mary had to hear the word. Understand that no one can receive Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior before the gospel, the good news is heard concerning the kingdom. And people are going out, but they're not speaking the gospel. Some people are not speaking the gospel concerning the kingdom. And in order to get in the kingdom, you have to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. So Mary, after she heard this, the Bible says that in verse 37, I love this, for with God nothing will be impossible, meaning that no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. So God is saying, when I speak a word, God said, I'm going to fulfill what I have already spoken. Did you hear me today? When God speak a word, God is going to fulfill what he has spoken. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Mary had to receive the word that was being spoken to her so she can conceive the word. Listen to what I'm saying. She had to receive it first before she can conceive it to become pregnant with it. So when God sends you a word, that word has to be received. And the reason why you're receiving it is because you believe it and now you can conceive it, become pregnant with it. Receive, believe, conceive. Receive, believe, conceive. So we have to understand once the word is heard, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So Mary became pregnant. She was carrying God himself. Is that not awesome? So when you get a word from the Lord and when you receive that word and believe that word, you're going to become pregnant with that word. You're going to accept that word for what it is. But guess what? Even though you have accepted that word, the enemy is going to try to come to take that word. He's going to try to come to tempt you. He's going to try to come to get you to doubt what God has said to you. Remember, all of God's promises are yes in Christ. All of his promises are yes and amen, meaning it is so in Christ. Everything that we have, we have it because of Jesus, because of what Jesus done. Now, we know that Mary had to carry this child, and we know that this child was protected by God. Mary had to carry it and then carry the child, and the child had to be delivered. And when we go on a little bit further, we see that when that was time for that child to be delivered, guess what happened? There was no place for them in the end. And he had to be delivered in a, in a manger. But this is how God intended for it to be. But when I look at the, the, there was no place for him in the end, 
It reminds me of people who hear the gospel or when someone is giving you the gospel, you're hearing the message, the good news, and then you don't accept it. That means you're not making a place for him. You're not making room for him. And when I say making room for him, because I feel like we got so many rooms in our lives that's full of the world that's full of things that we don't want to let go of. So we don't want to make room for him because we think that we're living the life that we need to live. And I'm here to tell you the best life is the life in Christ. The best life is the life in Christ. And the problem is when people find out that they cannot, the world cannot give them what need to be given, that's when they begin to get in a humbling state. I go back to Nebuchadnezzar. Y'all know Nebuchadnezzar. He was a king, and Daniel was back in the book of Daniel. And Daniel um, went to Nebuchadnezzar, and he gave him a word from the Lord. And we see that after he gave him that word from the Lord, Nebuchadnezzar looked, and he said, look at what I have done. He was looking at the kingdom, and he was basing it on him, not basing it on God. And his pride ended up having him to be turned into a four-footed beast for seven years. For seven years, he was that way until he recognized that God was El Elyon, the most high God, until he recognized that there was no other God before God. And when he recognized that, then he could get back into the position that he needed to be in. So I'm telling you today, we have to recognize Jesus for who he is. If it was not for Jesus, see, God had to come off that throne, and God had to become a son. He had to become a baby. He had to become that baby. He grew up in the flesh. He walked the earth in the flesh. The Bible said the word became flesh and dwelled among us. So God had to dwell among us. Jesus had to dwell among us. He lived on the earth. He saw things that was going on on the earth, but he looked to his father. God had to send Jesus because it was no one here on this earth that could take away sin because it, the world was full of sin. So God had to come off the throne himself. This is why the Bible said he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God through him. The only way we can be in right standing is through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John chapter 14 that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to the Father except through him. Jesus is the door to get to the Father. So if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord, or as your Savior, you cannot get to the Father. The only way that you can see the kingdom or enter the kingdom is you must be born again. Jesus made that way for us. This is why, for by grace are you saved, through faith and not of yourself, it is the gift of God. It's not anything that we had to do. Because the Bible says that he demonstrated, he proved his love for us. For what? For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we were in our mess, he died for us. But getting back to Mary, I want to make this point. Mary was a sinner. 
But when Mary accepted Jesus in her womb, come on, she became righteous. See, this is what we got to understand. When we accept Jesus in our womb, in our heart, we become righteous before God. We become justified just as we never sinned. We become sanctified, set apart, fit, made holy for God's use. Isn't that awesome? We become redeemed. Come on, y'all. Jesus paid the price for our redemption. We could not pay that price. When Jesus was on that cross and the blood was dripping from the top to the bottom, nothing but blood, that was for the sins of the whole world. Jesus paid the price of redemption for us by shedding his blood. Without the remission of sin, there is no shedding of blood. So Jesus shed that blood for us. And also Jesus took care of that sin nature that was controlling us, compelling us to sin. When Jesus died, we were already in Jesus. Even before you were born, you were already in Jesus. Jesus had already saved the whole world for sin. This was something that we could not do. So Jesus paid the price. So when you accept Jesus, you accepting what Jesus done on your behalf because you could not do it. He laid down his life for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God through him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall have everlasting life. So today I'm going to end this broadcast with those out there. I have a gift for you. I have a gift that's better than any gift that you'll ever get. And this is where we mess up at Christmas. We're looking for all of these gifts and we're looking at how we can give this one this or give that one that. And I know some of us give, give gifts out of love because I believe that it was the love of God for God so loved the world that he gave. So when we give, we wanna give out of love. We don't wanna give just because somebody gave to us. We want to give because we're giving from our heart. So I want to give you a gift today. And this gift will take care of everything that you will ever need for the rest of your life. This gift that I want to give you is the gift of his son today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And those that believe on him shall have everlasting life. So I want to give you this gift today. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come on, he's given you the best gift ever today. He's given you his son. Will you accept him? Will you say yes to him today? Will you come to realize that you can't do it yourself? You can't save yourself. Your husband, your wife, your children, your family, they can't save you. Jesus has already saved you, and he's given you that gift today. See, what people don't recognize, sin is not what's going to take you to hell. Rejecting Jesus is what takes people to hell. So he's given you this gift today. And guess what? As you accept this gift today, by opening your mouth and believing with your heart, see, 
when you accept him, it have to not it have to be a heart confession. And when you confess with your mouth, you only confessing what you believe in your heart. So today, I'm asking you today, will you accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior? And if that answer is yes, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father, I thank you for your son Jesus on this day. I thank you, Father, that you gave your son on my behalf. I thank you, Father, that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose on the third day. And I thank you, Father, that he died on my behalf. And today, Lord, I'm confessing with my mouth what I believe in my heart, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the only thing you have to do is say, I accept Jesus today as my Lord and as my Savior. And you know, he has already forgiven you for your past, your present, and your future sins. Just recognize that you've already been forgiven. Say, Lord, I thank you that you have already forgiven me today. And now you can say, Lord, I thank you that I am saved, that I am born again. Isn't this a wonderful gift for you today? Accepting Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And guess what? Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Salvation is a total package. It's healing, it's deliverance, it's prosperity. In that package, you have benefits. You have everything that you need to live this life now that you're on earth. And if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior today, Know that you need to get into a church that will teach you the God's way of doing things. And also, you need to get into the Word of God. And the Word will begin to open up your new life now that you're in Christ. And know that you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there as your helper and as your teacher to help you, to teach you, to lead you in the way that you need to go. God is just so good. And if you have accepted him today, you can share this gift today everywhere you go. Because God loves you and God wanted you to know today that behold, a virgin shall bring forth a son. She shall conceive in her womb and they shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. Everywhere you go, God is with you. He will never leave you nor shall he forsake you. To God be the glory. And I'm going to say Merry Christmas to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry family. Know that me and my husband love you, love you, love you with the love of God. And God bless. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.